Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. I'm your host, Todd Burroughs. Welcome, and we are going to be doing our fifth in our series of SFB7 podcasts. We've got three really interesting guests, and there's an outside chance that we will have a special fourth guest uh, joining the podcast, and uh, I'm still waiting to hear if that's going to happen. If it is, I will send out a notice on Twitter uh, really looking forward to these podcasts, getting to know the guys. I, I, I call it like the speed dating of podcasts where we get three to four guys in and we, we do about 10 minutes on their lives, uh, what led up to them getting into the Scott Fish Bowl, and then without going too deep into their strategies, we try and uh, without getting too invasive, I guess you could say, we we get some thoughts on the Scott Fish Bowl and how they might um, handle it. So if you're in their division, you might get some information, but I I wouldn't expect uh, the gold jewels. Um, a little stuff about me, just to get you updated. A uh, couple new articles out on Rotoviz. Uh, I have one article where I did my tight end heat map. You can find there. I've been doing a weekly ADP snapshot article, risers and fallers. And we do a battle where each one of uh, Neil Dutton and I take a player and argue for and against his current ADP move. Uh, this week it is Marcus Mariota. So if you see the picture on the article, it is Mary Goda, and uh, it's the battle over Mary Goda. So that's fun. Um, if you get a Rotoviz pass and if you sign up through uh, my author page or one of my articles, Anything that I make from uh, Rotoviz this year, I am donating to Fantasy Cares, which is Scott Fish's uh, charity. I know he's had a little bit of a stumble with that, and he's trying to work it out with GoFundMe. Uh, worst comes to worst, I'll give it directly to Toys for Tots, but I, I, I'm hopeful that Scott will be able to work something out, and I'll be able to uh, make the donation in the Fantasy Cares name and give two toys or t- toys for tots. So that's pretty much it for me. Um, there might be some more exciting news coming. Um, I might be doing a couple guest spots on podcasts and uh, one other thing that might be coming up. And I've got a couple other really interesting articles coming up as well. So lots lots going on. Uh, it's been an exciting month for me. Anyone who's followed the podcast knows. Uh, but tonight, it's not about me. It's about these contestants. Our first guy 
is the co-creator of At House Money DFS. He is a contributor like I am at Rotoviz and at Fantasy Pros as well. He is a proud member and writer of the Flaffle House, F-L-A-F-L House. And he is an FSWA member weighing in at, I'm not quite sure, from Chicago, Illinois. We've got Shy Ruxin DFS, Rob Schwartz, Jr. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Todd. No problem. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Did I overwhelm you with that entry? That was, yeah. No, it was a lot of information. Um, it was it was great. I'm I'm really shy. I'm really interested to see who your surprise guest might be. I know I am too because you know I don't know if he's coming. So <laughs> it, at this point, it still might be a surprise to me. Um, but uh, I think everyone who listens definitely hang out to the nine o'clock hour. I'll let you know if I if I get the word that the person's coming, and I'll tweet it out on Twitter that we've got someone uh, interesting coming. And uh, But in the meantime, I want to get to know you. Why don't we start with your quite interesting name on Twitter? Why don't you repeat it for everyone again? And um, Yeah, so, so, so my Twitter handle is at ShyRuxinDFS. Um, it used to actually be completely different. I changed it most, most recently uh, when I, I, I kind of – got really into creating or expanding my brand when I started being on the fantasy life app by Matthew Barry. Um, You've been on, I'm sorry, say that again, the fantasy life app. Um, it's, uh, sponsored or co-owned by Matthew Barry. Oh, cool. And, uh, go ahead. Well, well, tell us a little, let, let, let's go into that a little bit. That's pretty interesting. Why don't you tell us what that is and how you got involved with it? Yeah, so I actually saw a tweet that he put out a couple of years ago um, just talking about it, and I downloaded the app, and it's kind of like a combination of uh, Twitter um, and maybe Instagram, but it's more specific for fantasy sports. Um, fantasy football is obviously the main focus, um, and that's actually where I met the guys of Falafel. Um, in fact, Falafel stands for Fantasy Life App Fantasy Football League. Um, I was not in the league the first year, but I got into the league the second year. And uh, this will be my third or my second year going into their third season this year. Um, but it's just a bunch of – it's like a great fantasy community. So if you're looking for something a little bit more specific than just being on Twitter, uh, it's, it's definitely a fun thing to check out. Yeah, and, you know, I had Sal on um, one of the earlier episodes. He was a great guest. Uh, don't tell him that. Um, yeah, no. And, He'll get a big head. He's big enough oh, already. I was just going to say. Uh, but but seriously, he was a great guest. But I thought you said that you kind of started doing some podcasting for that app? No, Did I didn't I podcast. Okay. No, I didn't podcast for that. I misunderstood. Um, yeah, no, that's just kind of where I started expanding my brand. Um, I started writing for Fantasy Pros as just like a, a – they call them news desk correspondents. So I, I took on the Chicago Bears, and after each game, you basically put who – you're assigned certain players, and you basically give game updates and, like, a fantasy uh, impact on, you know, things that they did or things that you saw them do that 
maybe you need to go pick that guy up off waivers, stuff like that. And then I expanded into the long form articles and it kind of went off from there. Um, but back to my handle on there, I'm, I'm a big fan of the league. I mean, if you're a fantasy football fan, you kind of have to be. And Ruxin's one of my favorite characters. And I just threw shy in front of it because of Chicago. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so take us through quickly kind of your fantasy football history and some of the rest of the work that you're doing in the community. Sure. So I've been playing since I was like 14 or 15 in high school. I'm going to be 34 this year. So it's been quite a while. Um, not, not before the computer age, but uh, it's definitely been quite, quite some time. Um, just started fa- doing a family league and I've expanded from there. I'm in about seven or eight leagues this year already. Um, I, like I said, Fantasy Pros is kind of where I started. I now am doing uh, DFS articles. I started with Rotoviz in, I think, February. They put something out looking for people who wanted to cover their best NBA DFS. So started put out an application or put out an email out to them. Got hired. Or I don't even know if it's considered hired, but uh, was we're able to. Uh, uh, we're considered contributors. Contributors, yes contributors and I get to contribute for them Uh, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting in onto the NFL DFS uh, in the upcoming season Uh, can I I let me just let me just jump in for a sec because I've got a good contributor story you know it's kind of always been a, a negative for me my first year in fantasy was 99, and I joined the league with a, a high school friend. We had gotten back together, and last minute he begged me to come join his league. And after the draft, I was asking around about the different guys, how good they were. And I came to this one guy, and I asked about him, and he goes, he's a contributor. And I go, what's a contributor? He goes, every year he contributes his league fees. <laughs> 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 and I, I mean, I, 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 I just that's just so. Anytime I hear the word contributor, I immediately go to that. So sorry to interrupt your story. Go on back. No, he, he's he's the guy who gives you his dues and then drafts his team and then doesn't touch it for the entire season. <laughs> well, he, or makes bad trades. You know, he he's not he's not. You know, he might make the playoffs once in a while from the sixth seed and get knocked out in the first round, but he he's not a serious challenger to uh you know and he's thrilled when he makes the playoffs that's that's a contributor um but yeah. go ahead um i i i wax poetic sometimes about the past <laughs> uh just i mean to to expand on that uh going back to the fantasy life app there's a few guys on there that we constantly were back and forth giving advice in chat rooms on there for our daily fantasy sports and we got together and decided, hey, let's start our own website. And that's where House Money Fantasy comes in. Uh, we started it in October of last year. We were putting content out like crazy. And then, unfortunately, two of our guys had to back out for some personal reasons. Uh, and the last two guys that are, were left, it, we, we couldn't handle it, just the two of us. So it's kind of it's not officially done but it's unofficially done, unfortunately. It's got it's got some life support thing going on. Tubes stuck yeah, up its nose. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, that's pretty too, much. That's too bad. But it sounds like you got a lot of other really interesting things going on, and working with the Flawful Boys has to be interesting. Yeah, they're a great 
great group of guys. We have a really close following beyond just the three that do the podcast. Uh, and I'm trying to push more and more of my content through their site just to kind of get some stuff going out for them. Uh, I get more freedom than I do uh, at some of the other sites that I write for. So I kind of can be a little bit more creative with what I do. And uh, yeah, that's, and, and I, with Rotoviz, I, I, I would love to do some NFL content like you were talking, you were doing with uh, Neil. Uh, I just haven't gotten a chance to get, dive into their, all their apps to try and actually use them uh, to, to bring people to the site. So once I get a chance to break those down, then I'm hopefully going to start doing some content for them as well. Yeah, if you get an idea, just submit it. That's what I did. And, um, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for someone to maybe take me through all the different apps. I, I know there's some articles, and uh, you know, but I, everyone learns differently, and I learn pretty good when someone, you know, just gets on the phone and kind of takes me through it. So I'm hoping that happens. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, I definitely get what you mean. I still write for football diehards. I had this article that I did where, you know, it was kind of more humorous and less number-driven, and right. I sent it over to diehards, and I'm, you know, and I try and write things that aren't quite roto-visy over to diehards, and I think there's definitely a place for both. Like, I love that I compared, you know, over-enthusiasm to Wiley Coyote chasing the roadrunner and then ending <laughs> up off the cliff. And, you know, I mean, that's not necessarily Rotoviz, but it's it, it's a good read. It's something I would like to read. And, right. uh, you know, I'm sure you can tell from five minutes on my pod that uh, I, uh, humor is good. So uh, that's awesome. Um, is this your first year in the SFV? It is. Yeah, I missed the cutoff for applying for it last year, so I did not get in the 480. But, uh, yeah, so I was pretty excited pretty excited it took a while to get my invite but a, a few tweets back and forth with scott hounding him and finally I, I i saw it one day so that's great he, he's he's a really great guy scott fish and uh you know i mean what he does in the in in the whole community with this thing it, it's a it's a it's got to be a tremendous amount of work oh it's it's awesome. I, I really hope that they work it out with GoFundMe because, I mean, what he does is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I get what GoFundMe's position is, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a, a large portion of these leagues go to Toys for Tots. So, anyway, um, that that's great. I, I mean, anything else? on that you're working on or something from your personal life that you'd like me to pick it. I mean, uh, talk about on, on the, <laughs> um, no, not really. I, I just got done having a great 4th of July celebration and I busted up my ribs playing uh slip and slide flip cup. And I'll say flip cup because Steve from Falafel was giving me a hard time for calling it flippy cup. That's what we call it here in Illinois. Uh, yeah, and I had to go to the doctor yesterday because I thought I might have fractured a rib. Oh, great. I'm too old to <laughs> yeah. be doing that crap. I mean, I got a pool, and, you know, like this year I'm not even diving in so far. I'm just, like, walking in. I, I got a little heavier, and I'm just like, yeah, why take a chance? You know, let me let me start doing the treadmill again, and, and you know, I'll, I'll start diving later in the year. 
we get to a point where, you know, your body image just doesn't matter anymore, right? So, Well, I mean, everyone has different weaknesses. Um, I've always liked food too much. I mean, I could go three, four months without a drink. It's been 25 years since I've done drugs. You know, it's, you know, but food is, you know, I, I don't cheat on my wife, but, you know, you, you put a, you put a pizza or a sub sandwich in front of me and I'm a dangerous man. Um, all right. So why don't we take a look at your place in the SFB, get to some of the questions. Um, what, uh, what league are you in? Okay. So I'm, we're in the, I'm in the classic league in the power line division. Um, I was actually kind of baited into when I got my invite, we were allowed to, you know, give a recommendation on where, which division we wanted to go into. And I got baited into it by, he's actually a fan in the SFB seven, but he's now actually writing articles for falafel house also. And that's Jason Tran. And uh, he kind of called me out. So I, I had to, had to make sure I got in that division and hopefully I'll, I'll beat him. That sounds like Jason. Jason's in my new best ball dynasty league. He's a really good okay. guy, but uh, yeah, he, he definitely doesn't mind uh, exchanging some trash talking. No, it makes it much more fun too. So. Yeah, I mean so everyone's different. I I always when someone talks trash, I've since I started with fantasy football, I I've always had a saying, and it's don't sing it, just bring it. And that's kind of my pat. I, I I'd much rather talk shit after I beat you, than than talk it and then lose and feel like a moron that I talked crap and couldn't back it up. So right. um, yeah, I, I I tend not to do a lot of that. I completely understand. Um, see, yeah, seems like you've got some really really good competition in this league. You've got CD Denny Carter. Um, He's he's obviously pretty well known. You've got I think he was a slow drafter last year, and please forgive me if I'm wrong. Eric Fingston, um, he's a fan. He was in last year in my division, I believe, and I think he was slow. I, I do see Jason. I see you. I see Hilal Chami, who uh, is one of my really good listeners. And, you know, I mean, I don't know that – maybe that's not the right way to describe it, but he's a really good guy. He always uh, forwards stuff. Uh, Kenny Darter from first-round QB. Um, you know, that that's another pretty tough fan to be in the league with. So you've, you've got some pretty good guys in there. Anthony Staggs from Pyro Stagg is another really good guy. So it seems like a pretty even division. Yeah, I – I went through and I'm only actually following one person out of that whole entire group that you listed other than Jason. And that was uh, Matt Cunningham out of fake pigskin. So I'm definitely going to put some follows out on the other guys so I can kind of see, hopefully they're, they're tipping their hand a little bit on Twitter and I can kind of get a sneak peek of where they're going. Yep. I, I, it's, that's one of, especially I love doing that for trading, you know, trying to find someone that someone might like more than I like them because, you know, that's, the best way to find a trade is to find you now anybody can rip off an idiot in a trade, but to, right. you know, <laughs> you know, to find someone that, you know, is higher on someone than you are, you know, that that's a great way to make a good trade. So you ended up in the eighth spot in the draft and yep. um, right in the middle. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that draft position? 
I mean, I was a little disappointed just because I knew I'm not going to have a chance at the big three running backs or probably Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he's probably not going to fall that far. Um, I was excited that I get to snipe the first round in front of Jason after he trash-talked me into the league. Um, So I'm hoping I pick one of the guys that he was actually aiming to grab. Uh, I kind of like it because it it means I'm not going to miss any runs. Um, It's a matter of who falls. I've I've done a couple different mock drafts and I've gone different strategies and it seems other people have gone different strategies and every single one has been different. So I've, really no clue yet at this point where I'm going. Okay, that that's fair. But you, you've got to have some overall sense of the scoring and how the scoring might affect um, availability as the draft moves forward. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why with it being, you know, one to two quarterbacks, you can ideally play two QBs. That's why I know Rodgers is going to end up going before eight um, the big three obviously is going to go before eight. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to go QB right away or if I might try to get one of the running backs I think could be a top, you know, in that top five range. Uh, I just think wide receivers deep enough that you can wait. And I know with the tight end premium, a lot, especially a lot of the Rotoviz guys have been talking that up, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like if I can get one and then grab three late, I'll be okay. Well, and that gets to one of the questions that I ask in every one of these podcasts. I do the FFPC, and it's much more run-sensitive than, let's say, MFL 10s or normal leagues. Um, Based on this scoring, do you think there's going to be heavy runs? And, you know, do you think it's an advantage, if that's true, being in the eighth spot where you're never more than, you know, 12, 13 picks away from drafting. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I've been doing a lot of the fantasy cares. I've, I've been doing some of the John Bosch eliminators and it's a bigger league. There's 17 teams, but uh, there was one of those where I was towards the end and there was a QB run and I, I only ended up with one quarterback. I couldn't get a second one. So I, I think being in the eighth spot in a, in a 12 team, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty ideal. I mean, it, again, you're not going to get one of those top guys, but like you said, you're you're not going to have to worry about a big run going and you can't get back in or you're, you feel like you're chasing all the time. Yep. What are your thoughts about the running back, uh, the wide receiver position, and when you would start drafting wide receivers? If I don't go with one of the top guys at number eight, like I said, I'm still kind of debating. Um, if I don't go with like an Odell Beckham or a Julio, I'll probably wait until middle round, like six, seven rounds. I mean, I, I just think there's too much value there. Um, and the value just seems to drop off at the running back position. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a, a very reasonable strategy to have. Um, I think impulse control when it comes to wide receivers is going to be very important. I've mentioned that on other pods. You're going to see some guys available in rounds you're not used to seeing them in. And I, I can I, just from interviewing a number of people, like if I say to you that Odell Beckham's available to you at 3-8, I mean, is that an automatic pick? Or is that something that you think you could pass on if, you know, um, um, you know, like the 
like a Philip Rivers or or a Ben Roethlisberger was there at quarterback. Yeah, I would definitely take Odell at three eight if if he was there. I, I did a mock draft. I got Elshon in the seventh round, and I was like, oh my gosh, how does how did he drop this far? I mean, I know his value is down a little bit, but he's going to drop. I bet his I'm ADP ends up being seventh round or later, honestly. Uh, but we'll see. And and you know what's interesting is after doing SFB last year, every league is different. I I did a lot with uh, quarterbacks early last year, and the guy who ended up winning our league was Kevin Cole, who ignored the running the quarterbacks, but because we didn't have the heavy QB runs that other leagues had. He didn't pay for not taking quarterback early. And I think that's the kind of luck that you need to really go. And, again, not that Kevin didn't have skill, but if he had been in a league where he couldn't have gotten a quarterback in the 8th to 12th round, uh, if they were all gone, you know, he might not have gotten as far as he did. So I think that the way Scott sets these leagues up, you have to kind of put your chips you got to put your chips into the into the middle and then you need a little bit of luck as far as hoping that your draft is one where you can pick up the guys that in a position that you waited till late on yeah i completely agree and it, again to me it just it comes down to value and you can't you can't be too rigid when you go into these things because you never know what's going to happen. You kind of have to be fluid and be able to adapt on the, on the move. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you can't get an upper hand on the people that are in these leagues. Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, and again, you know, all drafts, you have to really wait and see what happens. It's harder in these leagues when you're in, you know, with runs, if you're in, like I have the 10th spot, so it's harder. Last year I had the one spot. Um, so it's harder because there's no guarantee what what'll be there 23 picks later. Um, right. But you know, again, that's that's the fun of doing this, and we, we hope we end up good. So um, that was great. I really enjoyed having you on, Rob. Thank you so much for being our first guest tonight. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you again? And, again, thanks so much for being on the Run to Daylight pod. I appreciate the uh, opportunity, and you can find me on Twitter at DFS, And that's C-H-I-R-U-X-I-N. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of cartoon, and it's not. It's Rob. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, son. You got it. All right. Our next guest is Matthew Hill. Um, he is a contributor at DataForce FF. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Hill 9169. His eighth in-season accuracy in 2014 and sixth in draft accuracy in 2015 for the Fantasy Pros. Um, so he might end up being my new best friend. Uh, zero running back guy before zero running back was cool. He loves best ball and auctions. Matthew, can you hear me? I can. Thanks for having me on, Ty. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm really glad to have you on and to get to know you a little bit. Um, looking at your um, 
your Twitter page. I see that you're, uh, I guess you're from the St. Louis area? I am from St. Louis for about another nine days or so. Then the moving bands will come out next weekend, and my wife and four kids are going to head out to uh, just north of Houston. I, I can't stand uh, the hot weather, so I'm going to go ahead and move, move to Houston and see what that's like. Yeah. You know, these things summers are too rough on me. So. <laughs> I, worked in a, I worked for a company in St. Louis for about eight, nine years, and they always brought us out for sales meetings uh, once in the summer and once in the winter. So my, my view of St. Louis is it's either 100 degrees or zero degrees. <laughs> I don't know oh, that yeah. I've ever been in St. Louis when it was like 60 degrees. Oh yeah, I'm, a, I'm originally from San Diego, so so these summers have just been—I've never gotten used to them. So I'm not quite sure I'm going to handle Houston, but the opportunity's yeah. there, so we're we're taking it. So cool. What are you going down there for? I'm a teacher, um, and I have—I've been teaching uh, middle school English out here in St. Louis, and there's an opening down there that uh, was good for my family and I, and, and we're going to go and give it a shot. Well, I, I hope that that ends up being a blessing for you. Best of luck with that. I appreciate it. No worries. Um, so tell us a little bit about Data Force FF. Okay. Um, well, Data Force has only been around for a couple of years. It's, uh, it's a season-long site. Um, and my relationship with them kind of started, um, you know, you would read off the fantasy pros. I've done fantasy pros rankings for different sites, and um, I'd finished – eighth and end season one year and then I went and I approached uh fantasy pros and data force and said, Hey, what do you guys think about having a uh, a charity league put together for, for the top twelve here on Fantasy Pros and um two of my four kids actually have cystic fibrosis. Um and my oh, oldest my oldest is nine and he's real into fantasy football. Um and I just I thought, okay, well maybe this would be a neat thing for him to get into this league with with all these guys from you know, from ESPN and 4 for 4 and Pro Football Focus and all these guys that finished Greg. I went there, so I talked to Fantasy Pros, and they said, hey, we'll sponsor that. And I had a force to just come along, so I, I addressed them. I was like, hey, would you guys want to sponsor this? And these guys will tweet out their draft picks, and what would you guys think about that? Well, we'd love to do that. Um, so they sponsored it. We are in a league for a year with, um, you know, Fables Brothers and Justin Boone and, John Paulson and every person that was in this league then sponsored their own charity. Um, so I think um, Pat Foreman played for Boston Children's, um, Sables Brothers played for Autism Speaks, and now everybody has a charity that they care about. Um, so they sponsored this league, and I, I was so touched by that. I kind of addressed them. I was like, hey, would you want me to write for your site and add some content and just kind of rank for you guys when I go to Fantasy Pros, just kind of represent your site? And from there, they, they said that's a great idea, and then Apparently it was was good on their end because then they just kind of re-upped it, and that's what I've been writing and ranking for. Awesome, that's real good stuff. I'm really I'm really sorry to hear about the cystic fibrosis stuff. You know, I, I am from the New York area, so very familiar with Boomer Esiason's son Gunther, oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and 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 that you know, and it, it seems like the care for that through uh, Boomer's charity has come a long way in the last uh, 15 or 20 years. Yes. I mean, it's, it's considered, it's, it does not receive any funding from the government. Um, so every, everything that comes to the cystic fibrosis foundation that looks for a cure is all raised. It's all raised privately. 
Um, so anytime we get a chance, um, I think uh, the past three years, DataForce has contributed close to a thousand in, in winnings. Um, I was fin I finished second in that last year, and John Polson that first year also played for Cystic Fibrosis, and so just any any sort of money that people have contributed has just been, and we've been very grateful, and just the awareness that's been able to be raised, and that's just it's been neat. So we appreciate what they do, and appreciate them sponsoring us, and I just I, I feel great about that side, and um, I mean that side as far as season long goes, they got their auctions which I love, they have the draft and go, so it's it's been a great side too, just to to, to play and be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. I actually coached my daughter's soccer team for a few years, and there was this uh, boy who, you know, I love. I mean, he's just such a good kid. And the first season he played, and I didn't know he had it, and his mom told me mm -hmm. that's why he couldn't play the second season. And then he got better and played the third season, and you know, we've stayed in touch, and she'll always email me and thank me because, you know, I, I mean, I, the kids really liked me, you know. I I I managed. I don't know. I I won't go into that down that rabbit hole. But um, yeah, Noah is a really really good kid, and so I, I have a little bit of experience with it, and and how tough it is for the parents. So you know, again, my best wishes for you on that. That's uh, that that's that's a tough that's a tough deal. Uh -huh. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I, I appreciate that. Yep, yep. You know, it's funny because we play fantasy football first, but we're human. I mean, you know, we play fantasy football, but we're humans first. Um, uh, anything else um, of interest that uh, we can talk about from fantasy perspective uh, that you think everyone out there might think is interesting, Matthew? I mean, yeah, that's just – that's I like the I like the story of how I've gotten to be connected with with DataForce. Um, as far as my history with with fantasy, I enjoy. I kind of it's it's my thing. So when we talk about CF, it's kind of my getaway is, is fantasy. So it's it's a year long thing. I look forward to MSL tens and and when DataForce has their um, they're called Ten Babies. It's their it's their cheaper um, draft only league. So those start up in February, and I'm I'm on those as soon as as soon as those are over. You know, people that love the MSL tens can't wait to get into those. And then you get the the redraft starting in the summer, and you get your draft kings during the end season, and it's just a season long thing. So it's it's something that I appreciate the escape. I appreciate the false sense of control that we all have when we we play fantasy and just being able to have that escape with it. So it's something that's a year long thing for me, and it's been something's very grateful for me to have that as as that yeah it's great and i i hope that you stay in touch with me after this on twitter um you know maybe we could sponsor a couple things together as things progress oh well, that'd be wonderful yeah yep all right so uh, we're going to move into the sfb um and your sfb story uh, when Alrighty. did you get the call <laughs> is this your first year um, or uh, or did you play before? This is actually my first year. Um, and you see Scott Fish all around Twitter. Obviously, he's that big presence, and you know he's he's usually writing about Dynasty. So I've, that's probably the one thing I said I do draft only. I do draft kings during the season, but I've never been into Dynasty, so I, so I didn't say a whole lot of attention to it. I would see the Scott Fish Bowl. Everyone tweeted about that. I assumed it was Dynasty, and I was like, well, let me still look into it a little bit. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's the Scott Fishbowl site, and 
I saw the size of it. I saw the scope. I saw the all the different sites involved, and I was like, this is beautiful. I mean, I just the organization he puts into it. So I applied, and I was just very grateful that I got in that that first year trying that out and just seeing the the scope of it. I'm extremely excited about it. So this is a first year thing for me. It's a new thing and a new scoring system. It's all a little bit intimidating, but it's going to be fun. So. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that it's a, uh, you know, the whole scoring system and everything. And, you know, look, I I, I loved the scoring last year. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't bore people who've heard my a couple of these SFB pods that I had a great strategy, but my execution was poor on a couple early picks. Um, but this year I got to admit that I, I just feel like it's, you know those games that you see in the movies where the guys got three cards and uh, or three cups and there's supposed to be a chip under the cups. Oh yeah. Under one of the cups and you got to pick it and it's never there. I, I I feel like a little bit that the scoring system puts us in that kind of position this year, where one way or another we're going to be lacking something that we would w- would have wished mm-hmm. that we had. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I keep looking yeah, at and, the. And, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just keep looking and, at the scoring from last year and seeing some things that are, you know, you saw on my profile when you introduced me how I'm zero running back, but that's not going to play. <laughs> I understand that. I look at Antonio Brown with him being what would amount to the number ten running back overall, and Kyle Rudolph scoring almost as many points as Julio Jones last year. I'm like, whoa, this is this is all different. I'm going to have to take a different approach with this. So. Keep it down on Kyle Rudolph. He, he slips in most <laughs> leagues. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, keep, let's keep that one between us, okay? Oh, yeah. No one's listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're in the um, Alice division. And yes. you've got some interesting people in there. You've got Chris Whitman from All in Dynasty, uh, Rotoviz Scott Smith, uh, Kevin McHugh from uh, Player Profiler, uh, Carl Safchik is another guy that I, I recognize. Scott Eggleston mm-hmm. is a uh, and Bill Latin are both good guys that I deal with on Twitter from time to time. Um, so, how do you feel about uh, your division? and your your opportunity to take that division down? Well, I, mean, I think with any of those divisions, you're going to have people that understand the process and understand that it's important to look at details and look at settings. Um, I mean, it's, that's always your first rule when you go into a new league is to see exactly what the settings are, that they're, everything's different. And I would imagine with as much experience in this division as they are in all of them, that people are going to be have a pretty good idea what they're what they're looking for when they come into a draft. So it's going to, it's going to be tough. And um, I would have to see how many of the writers and and the fans in there have been in past years, um, as far as if they've had experience with that and if they've been in fantasy cares leagues this year. Um, But for, you know, with my first stab at it this year, I don't know, I might be at a disadvantage if if the other writers have, have had a chance to be in these, these points per first down settings before because it's it's a new thing for me yeah well this this scoring is new for everyone i mean no one's you know know, very very few people have seen anything like this Mm -hmm. okay i was 
I was thinking last year they had the same setting. There's nothing. No, this is very, okay. very different than last year. I mean, Scott, look, Scott likes messing with our heads. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm joking, but what he really likes is, uh, you know, he likes coming, you know, he he's like me in a lot of ways that, you know, he's always looking for the next best thing. You know, I've got an article coming out soon on QB scoring. I think Scott really wants to put new thoughts out into the fantasy community about optimal ways to uh, do things, and I I think that's a lot. And I I do also think there might be a little bit of he just likes messing with our heads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's got to evolve. It's standard scoring. There's always that rush to get the running backs and – PPR is trying to slant towards wide receivers. So if there's there's better ways or creative ways, then I'm looking forward to seeing if this is if this is a better way or at least a whole different way. You know, see what kind of enjoyment comes out of this. Yeah, well, you sound like a pretty level-headed guy, and you know the key thing that I find in these drafts is um, if I could give any advice to anyone doing the SFB for the first time is to really understand the scoring and how it affects things. You know, mm-hmm. show discipline. Um, where you need to and, um, you know, just do the best you can as it, uh, as it comes up. So uh, why don't you tell the audience what draft spot you have and how you feel about that draft spot? Okay. Um, I have the eights, and I've done a couple mocks with that, and there's, there's about six guys that I really am, I, I like, and so hopefully one of those two drops to me, but as far as the first round goes, as far as eighth base spots setting up for the rest of the draft that I know, um, you know, I know you like to ask if you're worried about runs. I think when you're kind of in the middle of the draft there, that that's not really a concern anymore. And, you know, I'm not one to get worried about, about runs, but when a new format like that, I am kind of glad I'm not at, at the turn on either side, either with the first or the 12th pick. I'm kind of glad that I'm in that middle like that or close to it because then I can kind of get a feel and, kind of adjust as the draft goes or maybe even start some new runs myself if I'm in the middle like that. And I just kind of feel like I have a lot more control when I'm in that eighth spot. So as far as right off the bat, there's a couple of guys that will fall to me. But if they don't, I feel like I'm in a good spot for the rest of the draft to kind of get a feel of what everyone's doing and and uh, build my team accordingly. Awesome. I love it. Um, g- great answers on that. Um any idea where you might want to go with your first pick and your second pick positionally? Um, I mean, I think essentially it's kind of a it's a two quarterback league with the flex, and not only that, they you know it's it's the scoring is is pretty high as well for the quarterbacks. Um, obviously, running backs. I talked about Antonio Brown being basically the scoring the tenth most points. And normally I'd be like, oh, maybe Antonio dropped me, but then I, I have to pass him. If he gets to me, I have to get these running backs for these quarterbacks in, in line, and, and i got to watch, make sure those tight end runs don't, don't take up too quickly in the second and third. And So I kind of understand that you know, the, the zero running back thing isn't going to play. But kind of look at it like a, like a deep league, like a deep two-quarterback league, and you know, build build through there. Be, build with those quarterbacks. Make sure you have a – have a bell cow running back if you have that opportunity. And you know, towards the end of the draft, that's when I'm going to start looking to add those high upside running backs, those those backups, those Connors and those Jamal Williams and those guys that could potentially become three down backs in the middle of the season as we get into playoff time because 
normally I wouldn't mind grabbing a Shane Vereen or Chris Thompson in the PPR league just to flex out when you need him, but they're not going to do you much good in this league, I don't think. So stashing as many of those those handcuffs, and you know, if they're not my own backs handcuffs, I think is something that's going to be important when you're trying to take down a league is the size of the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, I, I think that it's very quite possible. Uh, you know, last year was very unusual in that, you know, and it was a bad year for zero running back guys because you didn't have the injuries and and mm-hmm. the key running backs had such monster years. And yeah. and really it, it was an outlier as to the trends and also an outlier, you know, it's not like the NFL passed less. It just happened yeah. to be, uh, you know, like the year before was the year of the running back apocalypse, and it was like fate kind of just balanced things out between the two years. I really do agree with you. I think that what we're going to end up with here is a lot of whoever whoever is smart enough and lucky enough, because I think it'll be both, to mm-hmm. get guys who, you know, you draft in the 10th, 12th round as a handcuff, who, you know, to, to find that Jordan Howard, to find that that guy who, you know, last year there were seven or eight guys, you know, who could have, Wendell Smallwood and, and mm-hmm. Devontae Booker and Howard, who all went after the 10th round, but it was Howard who's now being drafted at the end of the first, beginning of the second. I, I really do feel like it's not just at the at the running back position, but possibly at quarterback and tight end. Whoever whoever's quote sleepers do the best, I think is going to go a long way this year. Yeah, I agree exactly. There's and that's that's usually almost true every year. I mean, David Johnson was not getting drafted in those first couple months of MFL 10s his rookie year, and then. Like, oh, he can catch passes. Well, we'll grab him in the 16th, 17th. And then that buzz started, but he never really got far into the single digits. And then he obviously he turned into the top two or three picks for the next couple of years. But So that's every year you got to find whatever that rookie back that has that skill set that you know, might have that opportunity. And that's, that's going to be big for, for this league, I believe. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's important to look at the kind of situations – that led to those breakouts in the past. Anthony Amico just did a good uh, article on Dante Foreman, um, not a player that I don't love his tape on, but he's available much, much later in drafts. Mm-hmm. And his point was, you know, if you want Derrick Henry, draft Dante Foreman, and you can get it much, you know, you can get him much later. So, um, you know, I think identifying that, you know, where I'm kind of of the opinion that Derrick Henry has the chance to be the Melvin Gordon of this year because um, Murray's coming off a plantar injury that he didn't have surgery on. We know that those plantar injuries are very, very fickle. Um, and so it, it's uh, you just don't know. I mean, you, you you really just don't know, and uh, but but trying to identify um, that situation is important. Um, okay, I'm trying to call the next guest, and his phone number is not working. All right, uh, that's annoying. Let me try one more time. Sorry about this, Matthew. Just this is uh, one of the downsides of doing live podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, yeah. where you're trying to get, you know, four guests in. And if he, um, yeah, it's not working. All right. Um, hold on one second. I, your number not working. Please call in now. Excellent. So you get an extra minute or two here. All right. So uh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, folks. Um, no, no problem. Pretty smooth, though, right? Yes. I mean, I handled no that pretty smooth, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but uh, all right. So um, that is, um, you know, you you touched on the runs a little bit. Can you expound a little more? on your thoughts on runs and how you're preparing for them in these drafts? Um, I mean, I think just because of that spot, I'm able to really be able to sit back and look at what other teams have um, coming up. And if they need that quarterback, you're really able to kind of play those quick calculations as far as, uh, draft spots remain until you pick again and what people need. Whereas if you're on the end, it's like, oh, boy, I don't pick for another 24 picks. Like, there's going to be nothing left. But you're able to kind of play the game when you're in the middle of that and be able to tell, okay, well, this person still only has one quarterback. They're definitely going to be taking one on the, on the round here. Um, this, person, this team has two tight ends, but they're probably going to want another one. So it's, you're able to do those calculations and do that. And um, I'm just, it's, it's, in, it's in a good spot with a different concept and foreign league like this to me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to drafting from that eighth spot. I'm really not overly concerned with those, with those runs because of where I'm at. Awesome. Um, really, really great having you on Matthew. I, I, I'm not kidding. I hope you stay in touch on Twitter and, um, you know, maybe we can, you know, do some kinds of things going forward for cystic fibrosis, I would uh, definitely be open to at least hearing about opportunities like that. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, so we'll keep in touch for sure. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That was, oh, just tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter one more time, please. Oh, sure. It's, it's at MRHill9169. At MRHill9169. Awesome. Thanks, Matthew. All right, Thank our you. next um our next guest is Jonathan. He is from Upside Down Drafting. But before I go into all his particulars, I want to say that the surprise guest that I was hoping would join us, um he is um someone I think everyone's going to be really interested in. Um he will be here at 9:05 uh to 9:10, so that that's good news, but now um, our third guest, um, Jonathan, is UDD, at UDD Works on Twitter. He's a fantasy football writer, a commish, and a podcast host. He is a Matt Waldman fanatic. Um, the Mock Ad Hoc, I guess, is his podcast, and his website is UpsideDownDrafting.com. Jonathan, are you there? I am, Todd. Thanks for having me on the show. How are you tonight? I'm awesome. I'm really glad that you, you were one of the guys who almost like jumped out of the computer screen with your eagerness to come on, and that's kind of how I am as a person. So, you know, I, you know, look, I accept all people, but it's just really cool to have you on. So welcome to the show. 
Oh, man, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks again. No worries. So um, if you look on uh, Jonathan's uh, Twitter page, there literally is someone upside down, and he is drafting Jimmy Graham. Um, Tell us a little bit about upside down drafting and how the name came about. Well, it's definitely uh, something that we're going to see probably going on in Scott Fish. It's not a new term. Um, you know, we're all in the Scott Fish Bowl, but uh, no pun intended. You know, there's a huge school of fish that are going to run in this draft next Monday, and you got to stand out. And that's the key of upside-down drafting, which is coined by Matt Waldman, the great uh, footballguys.com, one of my heroes and someone I've connected with over the years. But I think the fun of upside-down drafting for me was doing it when – Nobody knew about it or, you know, way earlier than it's emerged. Um, You know, it it, it has its roots well, well back. Matt Waldman's been playing a lot longer than I have. I started in about 2001. But essentially you're going to take and build on foundations of of wide receiver strength and uh, minimize your your volatility at the running back position, which is now a household name. And when it becomes a household name, uh, you know, it's probably time to figure out another strategy. Awesome. Um, how long have you been playing fantasy football and when did you start podcasting? Um, goes back all the way to early two thousands. Um, I worked at a golf course and uh, a lot of fun because I think golf and fantasy football go hand in hand. It's always fun to talk about it at certain situations in the golf community. So I've been playing it a long, long time. Uh, definitely a big avid golfer. And, um, you know, one of my first podcasts was this mock ad hoc. I always thought it was fun because we'd do a four-round mock. And then I'd have, you know, some friends and nobody big on the show or anything like that. But just kind of throw in their ad hoc items like, hey, what about this guy? What about this scenario? And as you kind of broke down the first four rounds of a mini mock, let's say, a lot of redraft when I first started and I've migrated into Dynasty. But I always thought it was fun to hear other people's kind of uh, uh, two cents on a guy or, you know what, I've never heard of this player before. Why are you so high on him? And, and that's kind of what I was doing it for uh, back in the day. Awesome. Um, who, who are the, the, the four guys in, in your Twitter feed? The, the, the four guys in my Twitter feed as far as uh, in – what are we, in oh, the upside-down picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Those are all – Paid actors. I spend a lot of money. I think close to. No, I'm just kidding. Those are all my really good buddies. Those are real life people. Um, they are some of my best friends uh, over the years and have been on my journey in my league. I am the commissioner. I'm the guy hanging upside down. And at the time, I really did take Jimmy Graham overall number one, and I was laughed at. You know, and that's kind of what's going to happen. I think in this Scott Fishbowl too is there's going to there's going to be some guys that are going to go outside the norm, and people are going to say, "What is this guy doing?" But, um, you know, uh, that's the fun of that photo. I took all those photos. I did a lot of the Photoshopping myself, um, and I, I got a kick out of writing that book. It was a fun journey, and it's not, it's not just about upside-down dra- drafting or its, or its um, attention to. It's more of a book for just, you know, a commissioner of a fantasy football league. How do you round up a bunch of ruffians and keep them in line to do a draft, let alone a live draft? Yeah, it, it can be difficult. I, I like your commish hat. I, 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 you know, I commissioned a simulation league for nine years and before that had done a league uh, on Ant Sports with a bunch of the best guys there. 
Um, everyone wanted to be in it, but I could only pick 11 other guys. It was called Roughing the Passer, and I just resurrected mm-hmm. that, and I'm, I'm, I'm foraying back into um, commissioning this year. I just am in the middle of a dynasty best ball, and, and I called it Roughing the Passer. I'm amazed more people don't use that name. I, I always thought that was such a good name for, uh, for a league. Clever, clever name, Todd. And I love your work, man. I'm a big fan of yours, and I think you've emerged as a as a huge guy in the fantasy community. I think that's fun to watch. I, I think you're well. I'm over 300 pounds. I'm over 300 pounds, so I definitely have okay. emerged as a huge guy in the industry. Um, I, I do oh, appreciate the nice words, but you know, I I don't want to get too big of a head. You know, when a lot of nice things happen mm-hmm. to you all at once. But go ahead, finish your thought by all means. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I get a kick out of who you reach out to and, and, and some of the, the replies you have on Twitter. I, I think it's entertaining. And I think the, the, the fantasy football Twitter community has just gotten so exciting for me. It, it really is. It's almost like a village. You know, we've kind of gone from this nationwide you know, fantasy football thing to where it's, it is. It's a fun little village, and you get to see people's opinions and takes and different photographs. It's a lot of fun. I get a kick out of it. It is. And, you know, I kind of end up, for the most part, with, you know, the, I, I, I made a post in the, the Rotoviz uh, chat Slack um, that, you know, that there was a, they were talking about someone who was being mean on Twitter, and I was just basically saying, look, no matter where you go in life, you know, I'm 54 years old, and I talk about that a lot on my pod. And mm-hmm. and wherever you go in life, you're going to find good people, bad people, and everything in between. And I, you know, I try and stand for the good and the humor. You know, like I'll, I'll argue with someone, but if it starts getting personal, you know, I, I try my best to jump out of it. It's, you know, and, and you're right, there's just – so many good people in the industry, and I'm really glad to have guys like you. You know, I love the fact that Scott lets, you know, he keeps making the league bigger so that guys like you can get an opportunity to compete. Because this time last year, I was sitting around probably 600 Twitter followers, and I, I, I thought I could do more, and I was doing a little pod and. You know, I love having guys on and and giving guys their first shot to do a pod uh, because the little guys have as much interesting things to say as the big guys, I think. Well, that's the truth, and I I think, well, thank you, number one, even for having me on the show, but let's think about it like this. You know, of all the Twitter followers out there, you got some guys in the thousands, right? There's there's some guys in my division that are incredible, right? Chad Parsons, you know, Joshua, two QBs. Um, These guys have a ton of followers, but let's – Let's break it down like this. Uh, you know, nobody is better than one third correct all the time. Sixty-seven percent accuracy rating. You know, and 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 that's from a scope and a range, scope and scale range of you know from one follower to fifty thousand followers. And that's what I find intriguing is everyone's trying to be better than sixty-seven percent accurate, and it's really hard to do. I I, com- I completely agree. So let's uh, let's segue over to your um, your division. Uh, why don't you tell people what your division is this year, and and then we can kind of – I think you said Goofy, right? You, yeah, I'm in the Goofy division. Um, some of the guys – See, that's the in, division in my, I should have been in. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, funny, Todd. 
Todd with uh, one D, right? In the goofy. With in one D. I love the one D. With one freaking D. Yeah. You gotta have a yeah. sense of humor no. when you're when you when you when you get robbed of a D at birth. That's great. No, I dig it, man. That's it's it's like uh, it's like your nickname. You know, my name my my real name's Jonathan, but I, I'm Johnny B. Everyone calls me Johnny B. So it's it's funny how you develop these nicknames. But I'm in sales, and I think you were too. And people just don't remember Jonathan. But hey, Johnny B. All right, and then you go back east, and it's Johnny Frickin' B. You know, with the accent. But anyway, hey, how you I, doing? I mean. <laughs> I'm in the Google division guy. with Chad Parsons, uh, you know, Jason Wood of the football guys. Come on, you know, this is like too good to be true. Jen Ryan, uh, football diehards, Joshua Lake, solid. I know he's listening because he said he was taking notes on what I was going to say, uh, to name a few. I'm in a good division, very tough division, especially with Chad Parsons, man. I guess really good. Yeah, you, 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 you're, you're in a tough one. And, um, but, uh, you know, look, man, you, you know, you, you, you get your ticket and you try and, uh, you know, you hope you have the lottery ticket. You draft out of the same spot as me, and we've bonded a little bit on that on Twitter. Why don't you tell people a little bit of your thoughts on having the, uh, the number 10 spot? Yeah, well, I think, you know, what's, what's fun about this league is the scoring, and this has come up in a numerous amount of forums on Twitter, just conversation in, in backyards all over the country, this Scott Fish thing, right? I mean, it's balanced enough that you really have to think about it. This is not a backyard, easy vanilla draft where you're like, okay, I know the core four, the Zeke Elliott's and the David Johnson's of the world, throwing Antonio Brown in that core four or whatever, but this is something where – um, the balanced portion of it is going to make it so interesting because I'll use the analogy of, of, of Belichick and coaching, right? I mean, no one's been able to patent his style. He does it his own way. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the 10 slot, um, I got three guys that I'm interested in. And isn't it funny when all three are available and you're like, oh, man, I didn't think all three would be available. But I would say you got to have a solid QB, and everyone knows that. So Aaron Rodgers, on oh, my dream list, is he going to be there at 10? No. So I'm going to have to make a, a shift move at 10, and we'll see what falls to me. Positionally, um, QB, running back early, do you feel like you want to take two of one position early? Uh, is is Joshua at two QBs? Is he listening to this? Uh, I don't know if I want to share that answer. No, I'm just kidding. He's taking notes. Uh, look, Wait, the, the hold on. Let's see I... when he drafts. Uh, he drafts before <laughs> you. So I think he's not going to allow what you might do at ten to interrupt what he does yeah. at eight. Okay, good. I, I think I think it was Chad that goes before me, or Chad that goes after me, and then Josh. Chad me. goes it's after a, you, and yeah. Zach Haney yeah. goes before you, yeah. which reminds me of an old TV show, Mr. Haney. But go ahead. Oh, how funny! Oh, yeah, oh, he's in there again. too. I'm happy to. Happy to see Jack, or Zach as a fan, and there's Nate and Sarah also. Very very fun to be in this one, but. You know, the thing is with, with runner, um, you always try to get your, your workhorse, right? You always have to have one one back, and I think um, that is very tempting at the 10 spot. You know, guys like Melvin Gordon could be lingering. Who knows? It just depends. Um, but I am intrigued, and I've always been a fan of the tight end position, uh, you know, with upside-down drafting, especially uh, having those cojones to go after a guy like Jimmy Grant back in 2010, you know? And so maybe maybe it's a tight end at 10, and people would be surprised to see that, or maybe not surprised. Who knows? But that 1.5 is a huge stat. Yeah, no doubt. I I remember, you know, speaking of Jimmy, I I remember um, 
you know, I used to do the simulation leagues, and we would, you know, some of them you would draft guys who were just drafted, and I did no study back then on this stuff. Uh, this was mm-hmm. really my first year of breaking down some tape and trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit. And I remember there was a Roto, uh, a Roto World blurb about Jimmy Graham, so I drafted him in, like, the fifth round of this draft. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he obviously turned into a monster. And the next year in uh, fantasy, I drafted him everywhere in, like, the seventh or eighth round. And that was that was a very good fantasy year for me. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think with tight end, you always want to have that advantage over your opponent. And on a, on a weekly matchup, if my tight end's better than yours, all right, I got that, you know, I got that advantage already before the game starts. And I think that's where tight end is always a nice thing to have before – those runs happen that you always talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we, yeah, we talk about runs. You're in the 10 spot. I mean, are you freaking out about them or are you just going to, you know, pick the best players? Um, have you considered maybe starting a run, um, by picking back to back the same guys, same positions, um, I, I do think that that is a legitimate strategy if you're on the ends. Um, you know what? What you know? Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I definitely think I'm going to buck the system on this draft. I'm going to do a couple things that are different, and you know that's going to depend on how my plan plays out. I do have a plan in place. I, I'm one of those guys that believes you have to see it through. You have to have your favorite guys. Um, but the funny thing is this league is there's so many good guys. Everyone has their guys. It's, it's what's in the middle there. Like what's in the middle ground of everybody's favorite guys. And those are the leftover um, value guys that are going to be there. And um, you know, to me, I, I'm going in with a plan. I'm going to variation uh, draft a little bit here or there, but most of the, most of the time I already know who I want and I already know who I don't want. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty set on that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, last question for you before our uh, my I just got 10 second notice that our special guest is going to be calling in. You can stay on and listen or uh, hook in live through Blog Talk Radio. Uh, by the way, folks, you can always listen to my pods live or afterwards on Blog Talk Radio by searching for Run to Daylight on the Google machine, and I can be found on iTunes as well. I normally don't mention, you know, the give me a review, but uh, there's no doubt I would like it. So if anyone wants to do it, that would be cool. Um, Just tell us how many leagues you typically are in in a year and, uh, you know, and any last thoughts on being in the fishbowl. Well, the human brain can only remember about uh, five plus two different items. That's why I have phone number seven. Uh, if you're outside seven, you're, you're a genius or a psycho. I don't know how you're doing it. But for me, I usually cut that number in half, so I like to be right around three. And uh, with the Scott Fish, I, that makes four. I'm a happy camper. I haven't really pressed seven. So right around three to four is, is great. Um, Scott Fish, I mean, hats off to, to him for the invite. I mean, I've been... <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. I, I won't lie. There's so much emotion, Todd, that's going to go in on Monday. I, that, that's what it's all about. Everyone's excited. It's for a great cause, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And if I can break through and, and win this division, then, hey, I, that, that's what I'm aiming for. Yep. 
Um, that is awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jonathan from Upside Down Drafting, why don't you give people where they can find you on Twitter? Um, I recommend, I mean, this guy's sitting with like 300 followers on Twitter. He, he's a guy who deserves a thousand if I, if I uh, have anything to say about it. Um, please give him a follow. Say hello to him. He, tell him you heard him on the pod. And, uh, and uh, so why don't you give us your last thoughts? Well, thanks again, Todd, for having me on. I, I definitely have a fun connection with you. I'm at e, or UDD Works, which means Upside Down Drafting does work. Um, I'm a sports psychology kind of guy. I did that in college. I am a little random on Twitter, but a lot of my stuff makes sense if you dig it. And uh, just thanks for having me on. I look forward to Monday. I'm going to be waking up super early. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, Todd. I'll be in touch with you. Awesome. All right. So um, that completes our regularly scheduled guests. I teased that there might be a special guest, and he's here. Um, you can normally hear him on the Bull Rush podcast. And DHH Fantasy Tilt, he's a contributor to FF Authority. He's the GOAT. He, you know, he's one of the funnier follows on Twitter. Frank the Tank, Dynasty Frank's here. How you doing, Frank? What's going on, Todd? This is actually Scott Fish. Wait, what? It, this isn't Dynasty Frank. This is Scott Fish. Wait, hold on. I got it. Like the guy who's running all of SFB7? <laughs> the guy who would be pulling out his hair if he had any all of Monday. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess you definitely qualify as a special guest, but I was really looking forward. No, I, I set this up, folks. I knew it was Scott. Scott, welcome. You are the special guest. You are the uh, man of the hour, so to speak. Um, welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks. It's been a it's been a fun day of podcasting, man. I just got done with the bull rush, and I, I was on the CBS Fantasy Today podcast earlier today. Which are you was serious? A, a trip. I was, I was, I, I, dude, you're killing I was on it. There. I, I know it's, it's, it's been a fun ride ever since I became full-time fantasy. Like, like I, I can't stop smiling every day of the things I get to do that are basically my job. <laughs> I mean, this is awesome. Like you really should consider changing your name to full-time fantasy. Oh, it's probably taken somewhere, but I, I really do enjoy it. I, I enjoy that when I go into – I enjoy that when, while I'm working, my bosses will come up to me and talk to me about football like that, and, and not mind that I'm you know, stopping work for 20 minutes to talk football. It's, it's amazing. As long as we get the work done, that's all that matters. Yeah, can you imagine, like, what's that movie, um, you know, uh, Dan, he has the character um, – you know the mm. cubicle guy. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to stay on Saturday oh, and space. Sure. office space. Like now, you yeah. got people walking up to you and going, "Yeah, I'm gonna need you to watch tape on uh, this prospect and uh, get me a thousand words by Tuesday." I mean, yeah. I mean that's like <laughs> that's like the life, right? I know, I know. I I <laughs> I tweeted out the other day that. Um, I was, I was, uh, I got a message from my boss to make sure to tighten up my fantasy rankings for Monday so that we could post them. That was an assignment <laughs> from work. 
<laughs> my boss told me to tighten up my fantasy rankings for my job. <laughs> it's unreal. That's crazy. It's unreal. That's crazy, it's been a and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. You're too nice Thank a guy you, to man. want me to sit here and sing your praises, so I won't. But m- mucho respect for everything that you do. I really appreciated that you said something nice to me on Bull Rush. Um, that was very, very cool. So why don't you, uh, you know, I, what I thought would be interesting is I, I want to introduce, I want to in, uh, interview Scott Fish, the contestant in the Scott Fish Ooh. Bowl. And, you know, but before we kind of get into interviewing the contestant, Scott Fish, I'd be negligent if I didn't ask you a couple questions about, you know, just what this kind of, you know, time of year is like for you heading toward Monday. So why don't you kind of give everyone who's in the, in the Scott Fish Bowl and the people who want to be in the Scott Fish Bowl just kind of a glimpse of uh, of what your life is like right now. Oh, it's constant emails and direct messages and me not responding to a lot of them simply because I can't keep up. I I am going back a couple of days at times to try to catch DMs and, and emails that I, I just flat out missed. It's I feel terrible, but I don't know how anyone could humanly keep up with it at times. But it, yeah, I, I, I look actually, at a guy like Evan Silva, who's got 130,000 followers, and I'll DM him sometimes, and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll DM me back, and I'm like, geez, that was awful nice of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is tough, especially if you're a guy like me, who I have my DMs open on Twitter so that anyone can DM me at any time, because... I don't know. I just I just realize sometimes people want to ask me something that's not public or or shoot me their email address or whatever, and I, I just I just keep it open so that people can always DM me. And that that definitely this time of year that that causes people asking about SFB. That's for sure. That's great. So how's the family? How'd the wife take this? Uh, I mean, you know that like I'm a little bit weird, you know. Like, yeah, I can rejoice in the fact that you've got this opportunity, but I'm also the type of guy who kind of just wonders, like, what went on, you know, like what the dynamic is with the wife where you say you want to quit your job at Pepsi that you've (laughs) had for, I think you said, for 15 years and do this fantasy thing full time. Can you just take Mm -hmm. us through a little bit of that dynamic? Would that be okay? Yeah, actually – People are probably going to be surprised by this, but I was pretty hesitant because I had a pension for a nice 401k with the pension. I had a pension as well, you know, both of them. So that was really nice. Um, And it's, I still have it. Don't get me wrong. And they didn't go away, but I was 15 years from retirement and I told my wife, okay, I have a couple offers from two different places to be full time in the fantasy industry. And she pushed me out Pepsi's door so quick. It was unreal. <laughs> I mean, she would, she, I, Pepsi, I worked overnights and that was terrible for our, our family. It was, it was rough. Absolutely. It was killing my body. Um, we knew that once Ian, my four-year-old son got to the age where he was doing extracurricular curricular activities, I would be sleeping, you know, and then working overnight. I, I would miss a lot of stuff. And the second this opportunity came, 
it was harder for me to decide, which is crazy now that I think about it. <laughs> it was harder for me than her. She was, she pushed me out the door. She made me take it. And I, I don't mean that in, you know, I wanted it too, but she was very, very enthusiastic about me doing this. Well, A, you know, it makes sense because, you know, for the perspective, you know, wives want their husbands around to be with them when they do things. So from that pers- that that does shed a lot of light on it, but it also doesn't take away from just that it's really cool that she was so supportive. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm very lucky in that respect, and and honestly, she and. I haven't really mentioned this too much, but, uh, you know, she, maybe I have, I don't know, but when our son was born, she wanted me to be a stay at home dad. She is assistant director of the department of revenue here. She, you know, she does well and we could afford to live on just, just her. So she, she, we, we talked about stay at home dadding and she said, if this fantasy thing doesn't work out, be a stay at home dad, you know? And I think that's, me knowing how much I love being a father, and I think a lot of people on Twitter understand how much I love being a father, uh, it really got to the point for me where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this risk, take this shot, and, and what's the downside? I get to spend even more time with my son? That's not a downside. I mean, that's, no, you that, know, I'm that's, either going to be... I'm, that's living yeah. the dream either way. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's no bad option out of those two, so I, I just, I jumped. That's that is amazing. I couldn't be happier for you. I mean, not only do you do all this, but you manage to be nice to everyone. And I think you and I have bonded over this a couple times on DM, how, you know, there's just a way to be in life, right? And to see yeah. you getting ahead and, you know, you thank, you know, you were like really cool about my fantasy feast. Uh, appearance and you know look that's what this community should be about it should be about Mm -hmm. us uplifting each other and it doesn't mean you don't get jealous when something good happens to someone else and not you but you can transcend it and be thankful for them and wish them well and always kind of hope for the best for people so i'm really really glad i'm sorry go ahead Every, no, I, I totally agree. I when people good things happen to people in the industry, I'm so so over the moon happy for them. And even if it's uh, someone, you know, stepping back from the industry, like Chris Heil had to do that once, and Josh Lake did that recently, and and Sal's kind of taking a little bit step back from uh, from doing you know fantasy football leagues and stuff, but he's still around. But like when people take step backs and focus on the things they're passionate about or the things that they feel like they need to, I'm even happy for that. You know, I'm just, I, I love when people are doing what they really, really want to do or, or doing, you know, doing things that are better for their family. It's, it's, it's just awesome. And I, I, I don't know. There's, there's just no, no point in negativity for me. It's just, it, be a good person, work hard, Good things generally happen, you know. I know I know there are extenuating circumstances sometimes to that, but I feel like if you do those two things, good good things are going to happen more often than not. It it's like that old saying about luck, you know. Luck, it. No, I'm not going to go into it, but well, I, <laughs> but you, you know, you bring up a great point. I went to you know the Roto Grinders event uh, in New York City a couple years ago, and the guest speaker was um, Matthew Barry. 
And I've never been an ESPN guy since I was a kid. Like in, when I was a kid in the 80s, I wasn't exactly a kid, but I, you know, a lot of crazy crap happened to me in my life. And I just got out of the ESPN habit. So when they said a Matthew Berry of ESPN, literally it was the first time I'd ever heard his name, which, you know, it shows how far from where I am, you know, how depth-wise of my knowledge of the industry I was back then. So I went to this Roto-Grinders event, and I met so many cool people, and I've talked about it before, guys like Evan Silva and Adam Levitan and, and J.M. to win, who all embody, you know, the kind of thing that you and I are talking about. But Matthew Berry, I had thought about doing a podcast, and his advice was something I think about almost every week and sometimes daily, which is, he says, you want to you want to do something in this industry, do it. Just be good at it. And trust that if you're doing it well, that someone will notice. And so that's, you know, that's that meant a lot to me. I started my podcast about a month later, and that's kind of my mantra. I just want to do things good. And you also mm-hmm. mentioned Joshua. He's actually listening. I know that because he tweeted at us a little bit ago. So, Josh, we know you're recovering. I don't know you that well, but I hope you get better. And uh, thanks for listening. So um, you ready to segue into Scott Whoa. Fish? Did Go I ahead. miss something? Th- What's going on with Josh? Um, he said he had some procedure done and that he's on bed rest for a few days, but everything will be fine. Joshua, I missed so much stuff on Twitch. Yeah, Josh Lake, yeah. yeah. He, he might have yeah. told me, or I might have just completely missed it, or my brain is so scrambled over the last couple of weeks that I forgot. I feel, I Dude, feel terrible if I did, got, Josh. You've got so many mulligans right now, it's ridiculous. You know, starting a new job, trying to herd 720 cats into, uh, <laughs> into uh, you know, the, the old expression, it's like herding cats, because cats yeah, well, don't herd get, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've used that myself a few times. I'm, I'm glad that it, 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 it maybe it's maybe it's guys our age. <laughs> uh, I don't hear too much from the kids, but uh, yeah, Josh, get better. I'm, I'm, yeah, I didn't even realize. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, get, get better. No worries, and uh, you know, yeah. So a little shout out to Joshua. Thanks for listening. Um, we're going to now interview Scott Fish, the player in the Scott Fishbowl after one last question. Okay. How how well do you know the Marquis de Sade, and how much influence did he have in helping come up with the scoring for SFB7? Not well at all. (laughs) Probably died a couple hundred years ago, (laughs) right? Um, Yeah. But uh, (laughs) – You get my point. You're yeah, killing absolutely. me. You're killing yeah. me this year. <laughs> um, actually, you know, honestly, last year's scoring was probably I probably enjoyed it more. This year is all about really showing people that points per first down can be a legitimate thing in their league, whether it's incorporated in their league or it's the base of their league. Uh, I just, I just felt like if I added any other scoring elements, that the points per first down might get you know, not talked about as much or not, you know, it, it might, it might've just been a little bit of a thing or whatever. And I wanted that to be the focus. So 
I want people to really consider first downs and, and hopefully, hopefully it becomes more of a thing going forward because it, I feel like not only is it something that helps push running backs back up much like 15 years ago or so when we brought PPR in to give wide receivers value, maybe this is something we can bring in to give running backs value and it's important on the field. So it, it, it's a stat that I really like. I wish it was tracked in game centers a little better, but other than that, um, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm, I'm excited to see it play out. Yeah. I, I, you know, I kid you, uh, I, I loved last year's scoring. I thought it was brilliant. Um, and this year I, you know, I, if you go back later and listen to the earlier part of the show, you'll hear me speculate on why you might have done it this way. And mm-hmm. you pretty much answered that, that I was, on the right track in that you, you know, you care about the industry and you want, you know, you want scoring to be the best representation of what it should be. And so you're, you're kind of promoting something that you believe in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it, I mean, even if it wasn't that, which, I mean, that's, that's a very large part of it. I love to keep this industry on its toes, right? Like I don't, yeah, uh, well, I don't, that, I don't that's want the Marquis to... de Sade part. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I I, it's I not... did say it's funny when it, when you listen back. I did say, and I also think he just likes to bust our balls a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I I feel like most of the industry and most degenerates that you know, and and I say that in a loving, good way that follow me or like I communicate with often. I feel like we can jump into your regular old PPR or standard draft and just like just pick players and just like barely even pay attention. I, I wanted to, I want, I want drafts that are chaotic and you have to actually, you know, think about. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, as you were talking just then, I kind of got the vision of Keanu Reeves at the end of the first matrix movie when he could just block everything, <laughs> you know, without even, you know, like he was bored. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I threatened to bring Scott Fish, the contestant, on. Now we're going to get into it. Um, obviously, this isn't your first time in SFB, um, but I'd like to know <laughs> how you have done um, in your past incarnations as a contestant in this very fine contest. Oh, man, this is a question that I do not get often or really ever. I love that. Okay, so – the very first year of SFB, and I, I've discussed this part a lot, I led the entire league in points, and I, I think I only lost one game that, least, that year. I led the league wire to wire and lost in the final week to Mike Clay, who is now at ESPN. And I, I, since, I, I saw him in the Hall of uh, Scott Fishball fame. Yep. Yep, he is a former champion. He's he's back this year. He is. <laughs> I talked to him the other day. He uh, he is going to be on vacation, but drafting from his phone. <laughs> so he will be he will be in on this this year. Um, but uh, the other years, I have done fairly well. I think I've out of the six years, I think I've made the playoffs four of them. Came in second the one year. I've made the conference finals one year the division, the semifinals one year, uh, first round playoffs the other year. So, you know, a nice spread, uh, barely missed the playoffs one year, like six and seven or six and six or five, whatever. And then one year I was one in 11. <laughs> it happens. 
you it know, does. when you're in with it a bunch does. of experts, it can happen. Yeah, and that year was particularly terrible because I drafted Jeremy Macklin, and he got this weird sickness thing in the preseason that nobody knew what it was, and Dennis Pitta got injured in the preseason, and Percy Harvin got injured, and, like, I think it was six of my first nine picks were out by week one or something like that. Oh, that's that's not good. You can't come back from that. You just no. can't. No, and and it's it's you know I think in fifteen years of doing fantasy, I've only had like one or two teams like that. You know, probably out of like eighty leagues, and it 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 it, it it's kind of even if you know why it happened, it's 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 kind of demoralizing. Yeah, it really is, and. Yeah, you you play it out because you're a good fantasy guy. You set your lineups, but every week you know you walk in knowing it's you're basically just setting lineups because you know you don't have a chance, and it, it is rough. It is it is tough to finish out a season like that. Yep, and that's that's one way. You know, I I imagine that you know I think once someone really gets known by you and is a good part of the community. They're going to be in the Scott Fish Bowl from year to year, but I, I imagine that the one way you can get yourself booted out of this uh, tournament is to give up on your team uh, halfway through the season. Yeah, the, you know I've I've been pretty good about it. I know that we've had some we've had some of that in the past, and some of them have had reasons, some of them haven't. Uh, I haven't really put a stranglehold down on it yet, but. Uh, at some point, yeah, the, the, there might have to be a rule put in place because, let's be honest, at, at this point, I mean, last I checked, 5,400 people had signed up to play this year, and people are scratching and clawing to get in. So it, it sucks to see sucks to see when there are, you know, it happens every year, you know, probably at least one if, or two or three every conference. If you uh, didn't keep up with it, would you kick yourself out of the league? Oh, boy. Um <laughs> that was that wasn't meant to be answered, Scott. Um, I, I, next, well, I know, next... but I'm trying to imagine myself as the kind of player that would ever do that, you know. And I I just can't, you know. But I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> That's great. All right, I'm looking at your division. You've got Nanny. Oh, sorry, Nicole McPhee. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Ryan Weiss. I guess it's pronounced Weiss from the Fantasy Footballers. A fan, Aubrey Harris. Tom Klingsbury from Dynasty Football League, Ian Riley ah. from Roto Experts, Tony Felino, uh, Sleeper Wire Podcast, uh, another fan, Jason Sukup uh, from Pro Football Focus, one of my league mates, Michael Moore, uh, Ryan Morris, and Jeff Brubach make up your league. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I've got to slip out of the Scott Fish, the contestant, for a second and ask, how do you pick what league you're in every year? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I just I, – I was leaning towards Moana and Merida. It's like I'm – yeah, I, I do pick my league every year. I, am, I, I do pick it. I was thinking Merida or Moana because I, I love badass girls in Disney movies. I, I don't know why. I just – I think that's awesome. And uh, Merida and Moana are two that I just I, I really love. But I don't know. My 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 son's four, and he really loved. Ma- he calls it the Maui movie. Um, but I love the music <laughs> in it. I love Moana as a badass, you know, badass Disney princess. I don't know. I just I just decided to go with Moana. Cool. 
All right. Well, you ended up with the number two pick. Uh, what's interesting is this is my fifth podcast doing SFB this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the minimum, you know, I've had 15, 16 people on, probably closer. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And you're the first one that I can remember that had an early pick. I seem to get a lot of guys who have uh, mid to late picks. So uh, I'm real interested in hearing your strategy. You've got the number two pick. Um, any thoughts on where you might go with the number two pick and who you are hoping might fall to you? Uh, or you don't want to say that. I, I, really, I really hope that, uh, that the number one guy – passes on JHI so I can get him at number two. I, I really oh, hope. Brand but. baby. <laughs> brand yep, baby. Brand, baby. Did, did, oh, did I mention he, he gave me a shout out the other day? I gave you did, one? No, JHI did. Oh, really? Yeah, I got... You personally ruined him for me. I was getting him mid to late seconds still sometimes in MFL pens, and 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 those days are gone, baby. The Scott Fish effect is uh, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I noticed uh, Ryan McDowell tweeted out that his ADP has risen like eight or ten spots or something crazy, which was it's, which was awesome. It's but, annoying. Yeah, I mean, there's my, other people pushing it too, but. But you're kind of leading the charge, the brand the yeah. Jai this year. And I, I think last year it was different because I was I was I've been I, I tweeted out a podcast that I was on when Jay Jai was a sophomore in college. I was talking about him and Mike Williams, who's now with the Chargers. And I, I've been telling this guy for years. I'm a huge fan. And um, last year I was Team Ajayi, and I got so much crap on Twitter from Arian Foster guys you know, late in the off season and I got a lot of crap and it felt good to be right on that one, but I still get crap this year somehow. Like, like I'm never going to win on a Jai. And then when he fails, everybody's going to be like, see, I told you so four years later. You well, know? that's the downside of fame, right? You know, it, yeah. it's like, you know, we all want more, more followers and a, a better image. And, you know, we're, you know, I think to do this, you have to have a very competitive nature. I don't think anyone struggling to be an analyst is like a non-competitive person. And, you know, the downside of getting what you want is you're going to pick up some a-holes along the way. Yeah, I'd say a lot of the community that (laughs) they they do it in a fun way and they're like, you're high on him, but. Yeah, mo- most people are pretty good. You know, I, I say it in a joking, fun-loving manner, but I, I do get it that <laughs> that I'm a little higher on him than most. I am debating between, to be honest, though, I'm debating between David Johnson, who I expect to go number one in every draft or just about, Le'Veon Bell, and part of me wants to, even though J.H.I. should be, you know, late first, early second in this format or or whatever, part of me wants to just be like, I'm going to throw my chips in the ta- in the middle of the table. You know, I'm going to splash the pot on this one, you know? That's interesting. It it'll be it, you know, look, uh I I had a Jai in Scott, in the Scott Fish Bowl last year. I felt like Arian Foster was done so that even if he ended up there, I'd be okay. Um and then I tried to get Foster late and I you know, the news of his signing 
I mean, it's like one of these ones you can't make up. I was about seven or eight picks away from taking uh, Foster just in case when he, the news broke that he, you know, the news broke right in the middle of uh, SFB last year. And um, and someone took him like two picks later. So, uh, you know, I was bummed through like week five, but Ajayi helped me to make up for some of my earlier mistakes at running back where I took uh, Gurley instead of David Johnson. I was considering between the two last year at 1-1, mm-hmm. and I took yep. C.J. Anderson over McCoy at the beginning of the third round. I made the playoffs oh. even though I made those two blunders. It's impressive you made the playoffs through that. That's, I mean, you, you could have been a real contender for the crown with that, <laughs> with oh, those two flips. Dude. Well, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess uh, – I, I had to pay my dues. Hopefully this year will be better. But uh, enough about Todd Burroughs, the contestant. Back to Scott Fish, the contestant. You know, last year the leagues were defined by the runs. Uh, if you've listened, anyone who's listened to these pods, I ask every guest about the runs and picking from the two spot. Uh, I'd like to get your thought on the runs and if there's any thought of taking a quarterback at one um, because you're worried that by the time you come back that there just might not be much there. Honestly, I I had considered Aaron Rodgers a little, but I feel like having that second corner, even if there's a run on quarterbacks, I'll still be able to, you know, if there's a run on quarterbacks, my, my tilting instinct might be to take two of them on that second corner just just to just to get it out of the way, just to ensure myself, and then I'll deal with the rest later. Because in this league, quarterbacks are such a premium, and they're tough to get in season. I mean, last season, I suppose we had Dak, and a lot of quarterbacks made st- starts last year, but it feels so much better to me in Superflex leagues when I have two really good starting quarterbacks. So I, there's consideration, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'd rather grab that running back at the second pick and then – and then look at quarterbacks later. Honestly, I think it's funny from, you know, just from like my, I think your scoring system has people so much up in the air. And I think that there's just going to be a lot of people who are going to take Antonio Brown when they see him in the second round or take Beckham in the second round. I, I think you'll be okay at quarterback. I, I could be wrong. It's every division, as you know, mm-hmm. to be different in this draft. And, um, but I think you'll be okay. Uh, a strategy that I thought about out of the 10 spot was to j- take two really good quarterbacks right in my first two picks and then just not draft another quarterback, in t- uh, you know, until like, you know, maybe round 18 where you just take a flyer on a guy, you know, like a Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo. I don't think he'll last that long. But, um, you know, some guy who could come in who's not a starter – but just get quarterback out of the way and then just get to get in the other positions. You know, that's one strategy I'm considering out of the 10 spot. What do you think of that? I I think that's, I think that's interesting. I think that's, I I mean, it's one of many strategies you can do late. Uh, I was thinking to myself, if I was late in the first, and this is, this is just because, I don't know. I, I've heard this on podcast. In fact, Josh Lake is listening. And I think he's actually touted this very thing several times uh, for Superflex and two QB leagues is if I'm at the back half, especially in a league like this and quarterbacks are so, so strong. I mean, 
I'd be tempted to take two quarterbacks. Uh, I did so in a SFB mock, and I took Breeze and Brady and push that narrative and force the next round and a half until your pick or two rounds until your pick to consider quarterback because you, you've pushed that narrative at the corner, you know? Like push that mentality I, onto I the agree. rest of the draft. I, I think it's, you know, look, I think, you know, the, the, this draft is going to have some mad runs because there's so many positions where you just can't be without. And as and, and I, I really do think that taking, you know, last year I did it on a number of uh, rounds where I, you know, I, I had the number one pick. So on the back end, I did a bunch of, um, you know, two. And I, I, I do that on the FFPC a lot. I think, and sometimes you start a run and sometimes you don't. But one of my rules in drafting in leagues is it's much better to start a run than finish a run. Um, I would much rather get my two good guys, and then if I don't start a run, well, that's life. But sometimes you get lucky, and the dominoes start falling, and then you come up on the next round, and you can take two, let's say, tight ends because or two running backs and maybe get another run going. So I think it's a significant thing to consider about in this draft. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Those runs are going to be – those runs are going to be rough, <laughs> really, really rough. Um, I, I do have to – I hate to be this guy, but I do have to jump on another pod in, in a few oh, minutes Oh, no worries. Here. I was just <laughs> so. going to head out anyway. Um, thanks cool. so much for coming on, Scott. It was uh, really nice of you to join our pod. Um, good luck with Monday and uh, your sanity, and good luck as a contestant in the Scott Fishbowl. All right. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing these too. I, I – I love listening to the people, you know, say what it was like to get their invite. That's that's probably my favorite question and favorite part every time because I love hearing. And you're going to like you know? this episode. There's there's a lot of good, and, and I could tell you asked who the last guest was because you loved his enthusiasm, and I, I feel the same way. And you know, I love yeah. giving people their first podcast too. Um, it's it's really really um, it's it's great and. Uh, you know, again, good luck, and we'll be talking soon, hopefully. Yep, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to come on again. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right, you, yeah, well, maybe, uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll sneak you on again at the end of one of these uh, once the drafts are going, and we can kind of uh, have you more in a commissioner view. All right, that was yeah. Scott Fish, everyone. Um, really glad that he came on. I'm going to lead out. This went a little longer than normal, but I don't care. I'm a small pod, and. Um, I enjoyed it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I think, you know, I've played one song, but I'm going to switch it up tonight. Um, I love this song, and I think that when I think about this draft, I think there's going to be a lot of this at the end. Um, This is Scar Tissue by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good night, everyone.
share this alone. 